My guest today is Mike McWhorter, who's here to talk about his review for Metal Gear Survive. I am Dave Tack, in for Charlie Hall, in for Justin McElroy, and you're listening to Polygon's Quality Control. All right, Mike, what exactly is Metal Gear Survive? Uh, Metal Gear Survive is a spinoff of Metal Gear Solid Five. Let's say that. That's the, that's the basic explanation of what Metal Gear Survive is. It, it uses the engine and a lot of the assets and some of the gameplay mechanics of Metal Gear Solid Five, Ground Zeroes and the Phantom Pain. Uh, and kind of changes it from a stealth action game into a kind of horror survival with a little bit of stealth game. Um, I guess if you were being cynical, you could call it, you know, <laughs> Metal Gear, the Fox Engine amortization game, which is basically <laughs> Konami spent a bunch of money on making Metal Gear 5. And, uh, and they're trying to basically do what they can to... <laughs> get some of the costs uh back from that um uh -huh. but yeah it's a game made uh without the involvement of metal gear creator uh hideo kojima who has since moved on to a, a new version of uh his developer kojima productions and some of the remaining uh metal gear staff uh put this out uh it's basically a game where you're dropped into a into a desert wasteland um that's been infested by zombies and you have to survive. Uh, you have to survive against the elements. You have to find yourself food and water and medicine and build yourself weapons. And you have to try to survive and uh, grow your base and your technology while also contending with this zombie infestation. Yeah, that's uh, a better explanation than I could have given. And I've played a lot of this game. <laughs> okay. Well, I hope that helps. <laughs> It does for me, and I've played a bunch, so I think we're good there. Well, I've played I've played my way through it, uh, and it's uh, the, I've played through the entirety of the story campaign, and I've played some of the multiplayer. Um, and uh, I, I will say I, I have enjoyed a lot of elements of it, but um, I think as as you if you read my review, you'll find that I had a, a lot of negative things to say as well. Yeah, well, let's talk about so th th there's two parts to this game, right? There's the single player and the multiplayer, although they're very much linked like neither of us has played a ton of the multiplayer mm -hmm. but from what we have and and cer certainly what i played of the beta it's uh it's pretty much the same thing only just sort of very very narrowly focused right like you're defending a base with other actual human beings as opposed to you just being uh, rambo yeah uh I, I i guess we should talk a little bit about how i think this game was originally presented i i think that uh, Konami kind of pitched it as more of a multiplayer-focused game originally. Yeah, that was my recollection, too, like as if it was going to be a multiplayer game, and then it felt like the single-player thing was an add-on, and my experience with the game is exactly the opposite. Yeah, there, there is a campaign that lasts probably 20 to 25 hours or so, um, maybe even longer, depending on how you, you know, if you engage in a lot of the side missions and, and salvaging things. But So the, the multiplayer 
part of this is a is a co-op game with up to up to four players and it's kind of just a a co-op version of some of the activities you do in the single player campaign uh at certain points in the game you are tasked with installing this drill into certain bases to extract this energy that you need to power a device that will open a wormhole so that you can escape the hellish wasteland that is detay uh which is basically a repurposed afghanistan and the uh, Angola Zaire border region from the Phantom Pain. And, uh, so basically, yeah, you, you basically drop this drill into an area. Uh, and when you do that, the drill gets real noisy and a bunch of zombies show up and they want to destroy the drill. And so you have to basically build a, um, a defensive base structure, uh, with some pretty, pretty crude, defense measures uh initially it's like you can build wooden fences barbed wire fences uh chain link fences uh and then you basically stand behind those fences and and shoot at at zombies Uh as they as they try to push their way over them yeah that's that's really the core right yeah they're, they're charging at you in groups in waves they will destroy whatever you build and uh your job is to keep them at bay so that they don't destroy the the noisy machine behind you mm-hmm and if we're being reductive, like that is the that is most of the gameplay of Metal Gear Survive. You are going mm-hmm. into a base, firing up a noisy machine that angers a lot of zombies, and they want to come destroy it. So you've got to do what you can to keep that thing from being destroyed. Um, and some of that gameplay is actually kind of fun. Like, yeah, um, you know, arming yourself with a bunch of defensive structures and weapons, and, and you don't have a lot. You know, you you basically are like plucking a bunch of raw materials out of the environment, um, iron, wood, uh, copper, you know, paper, glue, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And and you're basically stitching together a bunch of uh, materials uh, to make fences and, and weapons. And, um, and and I say you are you're very industrious in this game because you can take a metal bucket <laughs> and you can turn it into a chain link fence like that. It is uh-huh. you are impressive. And then you can you can turn those metal buckets and and uh, and random like medical trays into guns and, and bows and arrows. And uh-huh. uh, it's yeah, it's um you know, there's obviously some suspension of disbelief here and that you are uh, you're not you're not just out there like hunting and gathering for for berries and and uh, roasting gerbils to stay alive, though you do that for sure. Well, there is a bunch of that. There's a lot of that, um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's it's kind of got some of the elements from the Phantom Pain in which you're developing new technology and and learning recipes uh, for how to build new weapons and and gear and and um, defensive structures and uh, it, it it can be a lot of fun. Like there's a, a decent gameplay loop there, uh, but it is it is absolutely very repetitive. Um, and as you and I discussed earlier, like the early hours of the game yeah. are grueling. It is brutal. Like you are just barely hanging on to dear life, looking for some stray sheep or literally gerbils that you can snatch up off the ground and trying to keep yourself fed and hydrated and uh, keeping your air tank filled with breathable oxygen when you enter uh-huh. the poisonous dust. Yeah, there's a big, big, big emphasis on survive in the first. I mean, everybody plays at a different speed, obviously. Yeah. But I would say anywhere between the first five, seven, even ten hours of the game, like there is a point at during the story uh, of the single player campaign where they will sand off the edges. You become powerful enough and, and you know and aren't drinking dirty water, which will make you throw up. 
you know, if you drink too much of it, or there's always a chance of that, um, like that will become not exactly a non-issue at a certain point, Mm -hmm. but very much less of a, a problem. But those first X amount of hours are absolutely brutal. Yeah, they're they're not fun. And like I can see a lot of people falling off the game pretty quickly because mm-hmm. uh it's it's it doesn't make a great first impression, especially if you already have a, a somewhat negative opinion of Metal Gear Survive going in, which a lot of people do. Yeah. Um but you know, it this is a game that's built on the bones of of a great Metal Gear game. Um Phantom Pain was just absolutely amazing. Uh, I really like the stealth elements uh, in that game. Um, unfortunately, a lot of that stuff doesn't actually carry over to survive. Some of my favorite things about Phantom Pain were, you know, having allies like Quiet and DD to help you on missions and scoping out bases um, with binoculars to kind of keep track and sneak your way in or, seek, you know, stealthily take out an entire army uh so that you could go in and occupy a base and and some of that's in survive but it's it's just not as fun to be honest yeah it's 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 much there's an emphasis i think on being a lone wolf mm-hmm. right like you there are points although it is confusing as we discussed uh before we went on air i'll call it because that sounds fancier mm-hmm. uh, but like there there is a point at which you can uh send people out to do things i think you may have mentioned that earlier right but that's not the same as like bringing somebody on a mission with you because this game is fundamentally i think more of um but the metal gear games you know were sort of let's say it this way uh kojima's metal gear games were were sort of the ideal uh was to do them stealthily right right but as the metal gear games went on they gave you options like you could theoretically if you wanted to play it like an action game and go in guns blazing Mm -hmm. you know in in the phantom pain or even in you know four um this game does not you can play it stealthily uh you know it's the same if you played the phantom pain if you played ground zeros like you know and recognize how this game works and you can you know crouch and sneak up on zombies and take them out and there are advantages to that other than it just being cool right Mm -hmm. but this is much more i think of an action game at heart than it is a a stealth game right because you can't basically avoid most of the combat interactions that you need to get you know that you need to 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 win to progress um you know i it's it's funny uh i don't know if you have experienced this but um a lot of the missions in Survive are, are basically go and do this thing, put this drill down, mm-hmm. um, you know, go harvest the materials from this container, go find this survivor, and then go take them to this wormhole. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the game structure is very weird in that it tells you to go do the mission, go go install the drill, and then go fire up the wormhole generator. When yeah. you should be doing the opposite pretty much the entire time. Go fire up the wormhole <laughs> generator so you can get the hell out of there at your earliest convenience. And then go do the actual mission that they want you to right. do. Um, so, yeah, there's there's some stuff in here that's just really, really backwards. Um, and kind of takes some of the less fun elements of Phantom Pain and Ground Zeroes. Um, but there's still there's still a pretty decent core loop in here that, that is enjoyable. Um, 
unfortunately, I think it's really affected by the whole, you know, really harsh survival mechanics uh, in which you are just constantly having to feed yourself, constantly having to, to you know, hydrate yourself, constantly having to worry about oxygen, while also in the middle of trying to be stealthy and trying to fight off waves of yeah. zombies. And, um, you know, that's... It it has its moments, um, and and I enjoyed parts of it, especially after you get at, after you get past that uh, initial first five to seven hours of of real pain. Um, but it, you know, it's uh, I, I'm pretty conflicted, Dave. <laughs> I think as you can probably gather about how I feel yeah. about this game. Yeah, I I mean I'm, I'm I'm with you there. Like I genuinely enjoy the game, but I don't think it's I don't think a game has to be particularly deep. To, to be enjoyable right like mm, um mm. although to be fair part of the appeal of a metal gear game is the strange depth uh you know historically there there are yeah. obviously examples of like you know card games or acid you know little side things but like this is it's it's a metal gear game right it's in the same engine they they at a certain point justify why it's even called Metal Gear. Yes. So I, I couldn't say that it's not a Metal Gear game. On the other hand, it's not really like many other Metal Gear games, or any other Metal Gear game, for that matter. And what I like about it is that it is that once you get past that barrier to entry, which I think we both believe is a pretty high barrier, um, you know, once you get past that and sort of know what you're doing, uh you can sort of just what I enjoy is just sort of relaxing and and I don't grinding might be the right word mm-hmm. for it. Like, well, I got to go do this thing, and like that's fun. I know exactly where to go. I've dropped you know stamps on my map. I'm hungry. My people are hungry. I know where wolves are. I can go out there. There's two minutes. You know, zoom out, zoom back. It's fun. I get to shoot an arrow. I can punch some sheep. You know, yeah, that kind of stuff. But it's not. There's not much deeper than that. Uh, a, a lot of most of the time, it does. I mean, there are big set piece moments in a game that mm-hmm. very clearly, um, I think, saves. I don't. I don't mean this to be mean, but like you know, it's saving money by not having a ton of cutscenes. But man, there oh, were there oh, were yeah. cutscenes. Yeah, they are. They are definitely saving a lot of money uh-huh, <laughs> in the development uh-huh. of this game. Uh huh. But like where they put the money into making the cutscenes, they were bigger than what I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's funny because the, the game does not do a very good job of presenting itself as a, as a $40 game, which, you know, is, I guess technically is, is a budget title, right? Most, mm-hmm. most, um, triple A games are, are $60 or more. Uh, and this is a $40 game. Uh, but it definitely feels really low rent, especially right from the beginning when you, are treated to a bunch of recycled assets and cinematics from uh, Ground Zeroes. Uh, and then you are also, like, given a lot of exposition dump in the form of, like, a static security camera, <laughs> which shows just this really bad, just poorly animated um, cutscene. I, it, it, I, it, I, I don't know. I think that's even stretching the, the, the use of that, of that word. Yeah, or sort of not animated. What it reminded yeah. me of is like the the mission briefings in the original Metal Gear Solid, which is sort of a way to make it feel like Metal Gear, but I think pretty clearly also a way to not have to spend money to you know like 
fully animate a ton of stuff. Right. Yeah. There are basically a bunch of like codec communication stand in mm-hmm. scenes in this where you're getting a lot of exposition and dialogue from the computer and some of the other um, survivors in detail. Um, but, you know, I guess we should talk about the story and. Because uh, there is one. There like, is a story. It, it, it's there and it goes in many, many places. It, it does. Hey, before we get to that, we have one question for all the I'm going to listen to a podcast to help me fall asleep people. That would include me. Are you struggling to get some shut-eye? If you answered yes, you're in luck. How about that? Because we have a great tip for how you can zonk out more easily. The tip is Mattress Firm, America's neighborhood mattress store, who lets you stretch your budget further when you're looking for ways to improve your sleep. Look, here's the deal. They're more than mattress experts. They have the whole package that helps you transform your mattress into a bed. That includes everything from adjustable bases and sheets to headboards and bedroom decor. Good pronunciation, Dave. Mattress Firm has you covered, literally and figuratively. 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 Literally and figuratively. How about that? So go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to see what deals are happening right now as I read this very sentence to you. Yes, you. Exactly you and nobody else. But also everybody else. Mattress Firm even offers you a 120-night sleep trial, and that ensures... You know, things like perfection and also a 120-night low-price guarantee so you know you paid the perfect price. Again, go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to learn how your sleeping could be monumentally improved. All right, we were just about to talk about the story in Metal Gear Survive. Uh, Just as a, a general sort of warning here, there are spoilers coming up. So if you don't want one of the big reveals in Metal Gear Survive... Uh, spoiled, skip ahead six minutes. Because we talk about, uh, after the story, the microtransactions deal with the game, too. I feel like if people are listening and they and they haven't played the game, and if they uh, do have an interest in playing it, um, then they, they should maybe stop listening now, because I think we're going to talk about some of the, the story stuff yeah. that is a little bit spoiler-ish. Um, and, uh, and actually, like... I have communicated some of the the story beats. In fact, I like I talked to Chelsea Stark the other day, told her the entire story, and she was like, mm-hmm. "That's that's bananas! I can't believe that that that's a middle gear <laughs> game." But, um, but yeah, like early on, you know, it's it's basically a very thin justification for sending you to a uh, repurposed version of the Afghanistan map from Phantom Pain, and you're told that you have been sent to another dimension. And um, that uh, that in this other dimension, um, we've been harvesting the the creatures there for uh, Kuban energy, which is used to power a bunch of shit. Um, but a few hours into the game, like very unexpectedly, you uh, finish a mission, and then you walk outside of a building. Mm-hmm. And there is, uh, I'm going to estimate, it's about 600, 700 feet long, mm-hmm. a giant monster called the Lord of Dust. Um, kind of like a big crystal centipede snake hell creation. Uh-huh. With with legs. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of legs. It's a good reveal. It is. I, I, I have to say, like, it, there is no foreshadowing. 
There is no indication that something's going to happen. It's just suddenly there. Yeah. Yeah. You think you're playing this kind of like, oh, where is this going to go? This kind of cash in, you know, recycled assets game that like, here's a real thin justification for going on the survival mission. And then it's like, bam, here's this um, giant monster that the Silent Hill guy created. (laughs) Uh, That's actually the main enemy in this game. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't I don't want to go too much further into uh, where the story goes, because there are some twists and turns and some of them are eye rolling and some of them are obvious fan service and some are just, <laughs> hey, we've got this thing left over from Metal Gear 5. Let's put it in here. Right. Um, but, man, it, it goes some really weird ass places. And right. if I had known, I mean, I'm I'm. I'm pleasantly surprised I didn't know that the Lord of Dust was in this game. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. But if I had known, I might also be like, oh, okay, I'm going to play that. <laughs> yeah. Because um, there aren't a lot of enemies in this game. There's like four, really. <laughs> um, and then there's the Lord well, of Dust. Certainly for the first big chunk of the game. like There, there comes a point where they add more enemies, mm-hmm. but that is, I want to say, two-thirds of the way into the game. Yeah. Yeah, you're basically finding these just rank-and-file wanderers and then occasionally. Yeah, much later in the game, a couple other things show up. But yeah, it's like it it really goes some weird and wacky places. And I'm I'm glad that I played it because I love it when things go super weird. But <laughs> but a lot of the story is just told very, very poorly, very cheaply. Yeah. It's very manipulative and it's like, hey, we're getting out of here finally. And then it's like, no, you didn't get out of here. Uh-huh. Go do this other thing. Then you'll get out of here. Then they do it again. Yeah. It's basically like, it's it's kind of like Gilligan's Island, the video game, in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, I didn't mention that in the review, but I, I did mention it's more like Star Trek Voyager or Lost, because those oh. are like sci-fi. But it's, uh, yeah, I think after you finish the game and after you, <laughs> after you find out what really happened during the course of Metal Gear Survive, we should talk again. Um, yeah. Okay. Because uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's real interesting. Um well, it's also such a strange thing to like, this is, I appreciate that they stuck with the weird, right? Mm-hmm. Like Kojima is gone and they made another Metal Gear game and they didn't pretend it was like some normal, just straightforward story or whatever. Like it is weird in the way, maybe not as good, but in the way that you might reasonably expect a Metal Gear game to be. And it's doubly strange here in the real world that again, they didn't emphasize the story, and they clearly had some really interesting things to do. They just mostly talked about it for a long time as a, as a multiplayer game. Yeah, I, that, that's it's just a weird way to sort of. I'm not here to criticize or like analyze marketing, but it is it uh, it, it is a genuinely surprising thing. Like I didn't know before I played this, I had no idea if like oh the multiplayer and single player are combined and you share resources between the two. So I didn't know if it was going to be like Call of Duty where there was single player over here and multiplayer over here and they happened to be on the same disc or if I was going to be or if my progress in single player was going to be held up because I had to do multiplayer to get the stuff I needed or whatever. And like, no, there's just a really long single player campaign and you can do a lot of that stuff with real people over in multiplayer. And they didn't really talk about, um, I, I think, for a long time, the the single player stuff. No, they they didn't. And um I, I I'm I am also kind of surprised. Um yeah. and I'm like pleasantly surprised that that r- particular reveal was was an actual surprise to me. Yeah. Um and I'm sorry that if uh 
that I ruined it for people who were listening <laughs> and, and didn't uh, abide the spoiler warning. Uh, but it's um, it's it's really interesting, and it's it's a, just a weird ass product. Yeah, let I think there's one more thing we should talk about before we go, which is I think falls into the weird ass product category, which is microtransactions. Mm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so. You wrote uh, not a few days ago uh, a story about how they work, and they are, uh, you know, every I think everybody walks into a discussion on microtransactions with their own point of view, mm-hmm. uh, and and everybody can make up their own mind about whether they're okay or not okay, or particularly egregious in in some points. But like, you want to sort of just give an overview of how they work in yeah. this game. Yeah, so there is a uh, in-game currency called SV coins or survive coins, survival coins, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and you can purchase them with real money, and you can spend them in a variety of ways. Right up front, <laughs> in the game's character creation menu, you are prompted if you want to create a second character, you have to spend one thousand SV coins to unlock another character save slot. How many SV coins would you have at that point? Zero. There. Yeah. Um, and uh, as best as I can tell, you can't earn any of them through gameplay. Um, uh, I mean, between us, we've probably got 70 hours or more yeah. of playing. And I have earned n- the only SV coins I've ever earned are, are as daily bonuses 30 at a time. Yeah. So they so Konami did give players uh, a daily bonus. Ba- uh, every time you log into the game each day you get a package and um, sometimes that's like raw materials like iron or wood. Sometimes it's, it's rations and clean bottles of water Uh, for the uh, so-called launch celebration. They, uh, they gave out some SV coins, but it was like, yeah, I I don't even know how many you got like 30 a day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 90, 120 altogether. Um, So you can't, you can't really do shit with that. (laughs) Um, uh, So yeah. So basically you can buy SV coins and, for, for all intents and purposes, they're like a, a dollar for a hundred, right? Um, if you mm-hmm. buy like if you buy them in larger amounts, you get more. You know, it's how every like in-game currency microtransaction works these days. It's yeah, fairly standard. Yeah, you can spend a thousand dollars to a thousand dollars. Sorry, a thousand SV coins. <laughs> a little much. Yeah, to purchase a secondary slave slot, or you can spend it on some in-game boosts, mm-hmm. and they are sundry. You can buy these things. I think they're called like um, boost passes or something like that. But it's basically a way to get more energy, uh, a way to get other resources, get more battle points. And so you can you can basically buy boosts that it's like an XP booster in a lot of ways. Yeah, I got one as a daily bonus, I think, yesterday. Okay. And I just cashed it in and it was like for every uh, that Kuban energy that you were talking about earlier, that is also a currency. So every zombie you kill gets you Kuban energy, and then eventually you cash that in to, to do basically everything from upgrading your character to making or repairing weapons. And the one I got yesterday, the the bonus that they just gave me randomly, was uh, a, a boost to the Kuban energy. I don't know what percentage it was, mm-hmm. but like every time I killed something and the you know it, it showed whatever you know, 1,200, 1,600, 2,500 Kuban energy I got from it, it said there was a bonus to it. Okay. So, you know, pretty straightforward. Yeah. So you can also uh, use those SV coins to buy stuff like 
emotes that you can use in um, the multiplayer portion of the game. Um, you can also do uh, you can also spend it on I think some like you can spend it on extra slots for like your weapon storehouse. Yeah. You can also spend it on additional loadouts for your um, for when you go into co-op, and I think you can also spend it on um, extra deployment teams. <laughs> which I haven't done. But yeah, there are a lot of ways in this game to spend SV coins. Uh, I will say that I have not really felt like I needed to at any point. I made it through yeah. the game and survived and without spending any additional money. But it was also like there were certain moments in the game when I was presented with an option to do something and like SV coins was like right there immediately. And I was like, well, am I missing out? Is this going to like yep. make the game like a lot easier like more satisfying that that's that's my whole thing with microtransactions like in in the abstract i don't i don't really have a problem with like look if you want to if you want to give somebody a way to spend a few dollars to get some bonus to something as long as it doesn't feel like the rest of the game is holding you back and the bonus is what really gets you moving along it it seems okay to me. I think it's it can be fairly innocuous. Like, uh, well, like it's here. You have an option option to spend your money if you want to. The problem is, though, it's never for me. It's never sort of that clear cut. Like, I am dozens of hours in into Metal Gear Survive, and there are things that I have just not unlocked. And I've played pretty thoroughly, but like. It's clear in a menu that like there may be six or eight slots for these certain items or weapons or whatever. And it's entirely possible that I missed some hmm. sort of container where I didn't pick them up. Mm-hmm. But the, the 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 weird sort of pernicious thing I think about microtransactions sometimes is that it only because they exist and because I think I understand how some of them work I wonder if maybe those slots are beyond my reach unless I give them a few more dollars or whatever. And I just, I don't know, but it feels strange. Yeah. And that's the thing I, you know, that, that sort of weirds me out. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, compounded with the fact that this is a $40 game, which yep. is, is rife with opportunities to spend extra money. Mm-hmm. Um, that is also reusing a ton of assets. Mm-hmm. doesn't really doesn't really feel good um and like you know you you're saying that you feel like maybe you're missing out on something a, a similar feeling that i'm having is i know that you can uh purchase additional uh weapon like gear loadouts and that you can buy extra space for your storehouses mm-hmm. and i'm also like uh when am i gonna hit that when am i gonna feel like right. i need to do that I don't think I'm actually going to because I'm probably going to stop playing the game pretty soon. Um, <laughs> but I think just like the general, you know, ickiness of the whole thing. And hey, Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain had uh, mother base coins, so yeah. it, it had boosters in it too. Um, but it's just yeah, it just doesn't feel great. Um, and you know, I, I am not the kind of metal gear fan like i i enjoy metal gear and i played a lot of them but i'm not the kind of person who kind of deifies kojima and uh and i think it it sucks that he 
doesn't work at Konami anymore. Actually, I don't know if it mm-hmm. sucks. He doesn't work at Konami anymore. It sounded like he got a raw deal in some ways, but uh, you know, I think he's he's better off not being at Konami. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'm not. Uh, I don't think I'm anywhere near as angry about this product as a lot of other people seem to be. Uh, a lot of people are mad that uh, we've posted videos about it or are covering it. Yeah. But like, I think that a lot of that stuff will just, you know amplify that nasty feeling toward konami um because it's so those sv coin purchases just seem so prevalent throughout a lot of the game yeah right and like you can ignore them we both have Mm -hmm. but i don't know yeah there's that icky feeling yeah uh but i will say that you know hey this is an interesting weird little project it really is if if you like Metal Gear uh, Metal Gear Solid 5's gameplay, you're probably going to like some stuff in here. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably also going to be really annoyed by certain things. But the story <laughs> is a real wild trip. Uh, it's like laugh out loud funny in its bizarreness a lot of times. And I think that's actually the best part of the game is the game is just so freaking wacky yeah. that I'm glad I had this experience. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, it, what's, what I keep thinking as I've played it over the last week or whatever it's been is that, uh, is it like, I don't, I don't imagine that this will wind up on many game of the year lists, including mine, mm-hmm. but I'm, but I play, but even, even acknowledging that I'm happy to have played <laughs> many hours of it. Right? Yeah. Like, I don't think it's great, mm-hmm. but I, I continue to come back to it. Because I think it's kind of fun without being like, you know, without being for 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 being what it is. Right. Which is a very clear repurposing of assets and ideas into this weird little project that. Yeah, it's kind of fun. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like the real Metal Gear Survive is the journey we had along the way, Dave. Oh, thank you so much uh, for joining me on uh, Quality Control today, Mike. Yeah, it was my pleasure, Dave. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.